Hey everyone, welcome back to Welcome to our first episode of Black, White and Gold I'm your host Moises Diego And before we start this podcast I want to encourage you guys to follow us on Instagram Our Instagram username is Black underscore White underscore And underscore Gold So just make sure to give us a follow before We go into this podcast And just I'm going to give you guys a brief introduction as this is our first episode. So my name is Moises Diego and um, some of you might ask, oh, um, how do you have so much experience in soccer? What makes you a soccer analyst? Well, I don't have any formal experience, but I do have some soccer experience. So I played soccer in middle school and I played some soccer in high school. And then after maybe my freshman, sophomore year of high school, I quit soccer. But um, I've always, ever since I was a young kid i've always liked soccer games but not just like watching the game i've always liked knowing the analysts the 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 stats behind the game i always like predicting who the best team is um i liked um i like looking at the two teams coming up with my i've always liked look, analyzing both of them against each other and deciding which one's gonna win so ever since i was a young kid i remember like um matching up teams always trying to predict the winner one of the things I would do was try to predict the winner of the World Cup. That's something that I actually got was really good at. I always knew what team was going to be strong based on these players. You know, these players, they have these players that play these positions and they do their well, really really well. So that's how my soccer analyst background comes from. I'm not, I don't have any formal, as I already said, I don't have any formal education. But I'm going to give you my insight on who I think is the best team. Um, who I think will win based on based on the players they have, based on how well they're doing. So for this first game, we're going to look at Man City versus Bayern. This was the first leg of the quarterfinals game. This game took place April 11th. So the game did end three, did end up being 3-0. And the way the teams lined up was they Bayern actually lined up with the 1-4-2-3-1. So they lined up with Holland at the top. They had a really strong midfield. They had Bernardo Silva, De Bruyne, Gundogan, Grealish. And then as supporting midfielders, they had Stones, Rodri. Their defense was Akanje, Diaz, and Ake. And their goalie was Anderson. Um, Bayern lined up in a very similar format. They had Ganabri on top. And then midfielder, they had Sane, Musiala, Komen. And then their supporting midfielders was Goretzka, Kimmich. Their defenders were Stavis, Delit, Upaikamo, Pavert. And their goalie was Sommer. So in this game, one thing that I really liked was that Man City from the get-up, they were really possessive of the ball. They really had um, they had a really strong hold on the midfield, and they had more shots on on target than Bayern. They had 17 shots, while Bayern only had 12 shots on target. And then they had a lot of they had really accurate passes. Their pass accuracy was 82%. So um, from the get-go, they were the really the stronger team. Um, Bayern wasn't able to match that energy. Fortunately, that's what gave them the victory. My my favorite player from this game was um, Bernardo Silva because he did a really good job of playing between the lines. He would go up um, and attack, be a supporting midfielder, and help create those runs. And then when it was time to cover the counterattacks, he did a really good job on that too. He would come down and defend because um, what Bayern has is Bayern has really strong wingers. They have really fast wingers. So you need someone that's able to keep up with them and, you know, stop those attacks. And um, that's one of the things that... Man City did really well. That gave him the victory. So in that game, Rodri scored a goal at the 27-minute mark. Bernardo Silva, which in my opinion was the best player, 
he scored another goal at the 70. And then Haaland scored another goal at the 76. So it was their home stadium, so they had that advantage. But they did really got a, they did a really good job of maximizing their opportunities and capitalizing on them. So then let's look at the game. Then they played again. This was the second leg of the of that same um, uh, quarterfinal game. And this was Wednesday, April 19th. And this game ended 1-1. And the way that they lined up, they lined up the same for way. They lined up with the 1-3-2-4-1. So for, um, for City, you have Holland at top. Midfield, you have Grealish, Gundogan, De Bruyne, and Silva. Then you have um, supporting midfielders. You have Rodri, John Stones, defender Anke, Ruben Diaz, and Kahen, and then Anderson as goalkeeper. And then um, for Bayern, you have Chupomoting, so they did switch out their attackers. And then you have Komen and midfield Musiala, Sane, and then supporting midfielders you have Kimmich, Koretska. Defenders you have Pavard, Upaikamo, Deli, and Joao Cancelo. So this game did end in 1-1, but this was one of the games that had a lot of yellow cards in it. it was, I believe it was one of the most yellow cards in um, in Champions League history. So there was a lot of fouls in this game. And then the two, the scores for this game was Joshua Kimmich, who scored a goal at 83 and the penalty. And then for Man City, they scored a goal at 57, which was Haaland. So in this game, even though Bayern was probably the best team in this game, they had more shots than City. They had 19 shots, while City only had seven. So that's a huge difference. They just they weren't able to capitalize on those on those chances. They weren't able to really um, score. Um, they did have a bigger possession in this game than um, than City for for a lot. They had a bigger possession. They had 58 percent possession, while City only had 42. They created more passes. They created 536 passes throughout the whole game. Their pass accuracy was 89%. So that was quite up there. But there was a lot of fouls. There was 12 fouls on City on um, Bayern's side. And there was 11 fouls on the, on the Man City side. Six yellow cards for Bayern. Four for City. There was no red cards. So the, uh, with this game, um, we kind of see City overpowering Bayern and eliminating them from the from the tournament so now we're only down to four teams so next we're going to look at another game which was the oh my bad i didn't give out my favorite player so my favorite player this game was probably Kimmich. he was really up there creating chances unfortunately he didn't have any support on top and wasn't able to capitalize on these on these um on these plays he created so that's one of the things that byron can probably work on they really need to work on capitalizing those those goals, maximizing their opportunities and capitalizing on them. Because they have the players, they have the, the team, they just weren't able to score, unfortunately. So, yeah. So, for the second game, I'm going to look at the Real Madrid versus Chelsea game, which was the quarterfinals. This was the first game of the two games that they played. So, in this game, this game ended 2-0. So, Real Madrid, they come back from being the previous Champions League. So, they're really, they're the team to beat. If you want to get to the final, they are the team that you are going to have to beat. And um, they did a really good job of coming down, uh, coming out and um, getting down to business, you know. So for this game, they lined up, um, the way um, Real Madrid lined up for this game, they lined up with the 3-3-4. So they really had a lot of midfielders, a lot of attackers. So they really helped their create their chances. So they lined up with the 3-3-4, as we mentioned. 
So they lined up with Rodrigo on the left wing, Benzema in the middle, and Vinicius Jr. on the right. So then they had Valverde in midfield, Tony Cross, and Luka Modric. The defenders were Carvajal, Militao, Alaba, and Camavinga. And their goalkeeper was Courtois. And then for Chelsea, Chelsea lined up with the 2-5-3-1. So Chelsea only had two attackers, which was Joao Felix and then Raheem Sterling. Then they had Chilwell, Kovac, Fernandez, Kante, and Reese James. Their defenders was Koulibaly, Thiago Silva, and Fofan. And their goalkeeper was Arisi Balaga. So for this game, I um honestly, um Real Madrid was the better team. I I didn't really like the way um Chelsea lined up for this game because they had too many midfielders, in a sense where they, if they would have had more attackers, maybe they would have lined up with the three four three. They would have had more chances created and maybe more would have scored more, but unfortunately that wasn't the case. So for this game. Real Madrid had 18 shots on goal, while Bayern, while Chelsea only had seven. So that's a huge difference. Imagine th- how many chances um Real Madrid was creating. They created 18 chances. They were only able to score twice, but 18 chances created—that's a lot. While on the other hand, Chelsea only created seven. And then um Chelsea only had three shots on target, while Real Madrid had 10. And this game, Real Madrid was really the possessive team. They had 57 percent percent. Possession of the game, while well, um, Chelsea only had forty three possession, forty three percent possession of the game. So you know that's a big difference. You know, you know maybe if Chelsea would have been able to control the game a little bit more, they would have been able to create those, those, those plays. But you know, it's hard to create plays when you're 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 defending. You know, when you're on the counter, when you're being attacked, you're you're not really holding that possession. So it's really hard to create plays when you're, those plays are being created against you. So like, you can kind of see the. The problem, Real Madrid did um they had six hundred and forty three passes while Chelsea only had four hundred and eighty so it's a big difference. Um fouls they were they were almost the same they were identical so in this game my favorite player of the game was um my favorite player would probably Benzema because he's one of those players that can really like capitalize on those chances created and in this case that was the thing he he was able to he was able to come in and finalize those those plays. So the game ended 2-0. You had Karim Benzema score at 21. And then you had Marco Asensio score at 74. The one thing that did harm Chelsea was that Ben Chilwater, you know, they, he did get a red card around the 59 minute. And that's just like, that really messes up your whole game plan. Because, game plan because now, instead of playing with um, 11 players, you're playing with 10 players. So that really messes up your game plan. So that's something that, Chelsea really needs to work on, you know. So that was the first game. In the second game, we're going to move over to the second game, which took place Tuesday, April 18th. So in this game, we had Rodrigo score two goals. He scored one goal at 58 and one goal at 60. And in this game, the way they lined up, they lined up in a very similar format. Like, um, except Chelsea lined up with uh, they they lined up with a 1-2-4-3-1. So they only had one attacker. So it was Kai Harvest, their main attacker. Then they had their supporting attackers, which was Kante and Gallagher. Their midfield was, their midfield was James, Fernandez, Kovacac, Ruela. And then their, their defenders were Trobali, Silvia, and Fofan. 
And then um, Real Madrid lined up the same way they did for the first game. They lined up with the 3-3-4. Their attackers were Vinicius Jr., Karim Benzema, Rodrigo. Their midfield was Luka Modric, Tony Kroos, Valverde, Camavinga was there. And their defenders were Camavinga, David Alaba, Militao, and Carvajal. So for this game, one thing that I didn't like was, you know, maybe maybe the way that the reason why they lined up with um, two supporting attackers was to maybe to gain more possession of the ball. The Chelsea lined up with two supporting attackers was, again, for the possession of the ball. But that's like, you know, that ain't... That didn't really help their case because they didn't have those players to finalize the plays. And that's what they were missing. So in this game, you know, the player of the match was Rodrigo who scored two goals. He took he took the he took home the ball. He scored one goal at the fifty and the other one at the six at the eighty. And the uh, for this game, Chelsea did create a lot of shots, but again, since if they don't have anyone on top to finalize those shots, you're not gonna win. You need someone to capitalize on these goals. You need someone to capitalize on those chances you create. So they had 19 shots. Real Madrid only had 9. So from those 9 chances, they scored twice, which really tells you a lot, you know. You need to have the right guy to make the right goal. They had 6 shots on target. They did have a lot more possession this time. Chelsea really worked on their possession. They had 55%, while Real Madrid only had 45%. They did create more plays, more pass accuracy. They have 549 passes. So, yeah, even though Chelsea did play a little bit better, it wasn't enough to stop Real Madrid, which they scored those two goals, you know, unfortunately eliminating Real Madrid, eliminating Chelsea from the tournament, which is, you know, something not everyone, we, we were hoping Chelsea made it, but, you know, not everything, not everything, not everything sometimes works our way. So the next game we're going to look at, we're going to look at the Benfica versus Inter game, which took place April 11th. So that was an interesting game too, you know. So that game took place at Benfica Stadium. So from the get-go, Inter scored two goals. So it was they, there was a goal by Nicola, Nicola Barrella at the 51, and then a goal by Lukaku from a penalty at the 62. So the way they lined up, they lined up with the, so you have Inter Milan lined up as with a two, five, three, one. So, so they lined up with Desco at the top, Martinez at the top. Then they in the midfield they have Di Marco, Mike Hirayan, Brozovic, Barella, and Dumfries. And then their defend defenders with Bastoni, Akrebi. And Darmian. And their goalie was Ohana. Ona. Onana. So in this. And then uh, we have Benfica lined up with. Uh, they lined up with the 1-3-2-4-1. So they have Ramos on top. And then their supporting attackers was Mario. Silva. Arzuenas. And then their, their midfield was Luis. Chiquijo. And then their defenders was Gilberto. Silvia. Borato and Grimaldo. So in this game, Inter really played a really a possessive game. You can tell right away. They lined up with five midfielders. So they really wanted control of that midfield. And they got it, you know. They really they really held possession of the game. So for this game, the stats were they were um Benfica had more shots on target. They had 12 shots on target while Inter only had nine. 
and then we see that we see that the uh, intern had a 58% possession while Benfica only had a 42% possession. So it was something that you know, intern held the was held the midfield, so they were able to capitalize on their opportunities and which gave them the the victory. So in my opinion, the best player in this game was Lutaro Martinez. He was up there creating the plays. He did a really good job, you know. So he was the the stronger of the two teams. He really helped out his team. So the next game we're going to look at is the leg two of this game, which was Inter versus Benfica. This game ended in 3-3. So we have a goal from Nicolas Barrela at the 14, Lutaro Martinez at the minute 65, and then Joaquin Correa scored another goal at 78. And then Benfica were able to score three goals. This We have one by Arruenas at the 38, Silvia. Silva at the 86 and Musa at the 96th minute. So for this game, um, you know, um, Inter lined up the way they had in the previous game. They lined up with the 2-5-3-1. So you have Martinez at the top, De Seco, Dumfries in midfield, Barrela, Brozovic, Mikal Ryan, Di Marco. And then in defending, you have Darmian. Acrebelli and Bastoni and their goalkeeper Onana. And then you have you have Benfica who lined up with the 1-3-2-4-1. So they lined up with Ramos, Arzuena, Silvia, Mario, and then Chiquejo, Luis Fernandez, and then there's defenders with Grimaldo, Otamendi, Silvia, and Gilberto. So for this game, we can see that, you know, this game, um, Benfica did get a better approach. They came out and then they had more, they had more possession of the game. They did have more shots. They, they were able to create more chances and they had more shots on target. So th in this game, we have um, Inter who had 11 shots on shots and then Benfica had 12. So they had one more and then shots on target. We have Inter who had three. And we have Benfica who only had five. So possession, Inter had 40% possession, while Benfica had 60% possession. Benfica was able to create more chances. They had more passes. They had five, 646 passes, while Benfica only ha while Inter only had 428. So you know they were a little bit more accurate. And then they so in this game they both tied. They were three three. But with this in the previous game. We have a score, an edged score of 5-3. So we have Benfica who unfortunately got eliminated. So that's something, you know, unfortunate. Really unfortunate, you know, we were. But intern from the beginning was the better team. So, you know, um, there's not really much that could have been done. We had, um, Benfica was the better team from the beginning and, you know. No, I mean, intern was the better team from the beginning, and that gave them the chance to advance. And then, so it's something that, it's something that really, really, not, really unfortunate in a way. So the next game we're going to look at is the Milan versus Napoli. Who, so in this game, we're going to look at the leg one. So we have Ismael Benarcer, who scored a goal at 40. So this game ended 1-0, Milan won. 
We had Ismael Bernard score a goal at 40. And in this game, unfortunately, Napoli did get a red card. And we have Andre Frank Zambo Anusia, who got who got kicked out of the game at minute 74. So that's probably what gave um Milan the game. So in this game, we have Milan lined up with the 1-3-2-4-1. So they have Griot, Giroud on top. And then they have in the mid supporting attackers, they have Diaz, Benacer, and Leal. And then their midfielders was Krunic and Tonali. And then their defenders was Calabria, Cajer, Tomori, and Thiago Hernandez. And their goalkeeper was Mayan. And then we have, for the Napoli side, we have Cavarskedla, Elmas, and Lozano as their attackers. Their midfielder is Zelinski, Zobas, and Oguicia. And then their defenders with Rui, Kim, Rajamini, and Di Lorenzo. And their goalkeeper was Mere. So they lined up with the 3 3 4 1. So from this game, based on the stats, we can tell, you know, Milan had 12 shots on target while Napoli had 16. So even though Napoli was creating more chances, you know, they, that have not having that extra player really affected them in the long run. They had more shots on target too. They had six shots on target while Milan only had two shots on target. And then they controlled most of the game. So they, so Milan only had 46 possession of the game while, in, while Napoli had 54 possession. 54% possession of the game. So, you know, that's something that tells us something. Even though they had more possession, more chances created, not having that extra player really hurt them. And for this game, we're going to give the man of the match to Ben Arsene, who, with his goal, Napoli, with his goal, Milan was able to capitalize and was able to advance to the semifinals. So, the next game we're going to look at is their second game, which was Tuesday, April 18th. And this game ended 1 1. And this game was played at Napoli's home stadium. So in this game, Napoli did come out with a whole completely different lineup. We see them lined up with a 3-3-4. So they lined up with Osimhen, Cavargela, and Politano as their attackers. And, do and then they had Ndombele, Lobica, and Zielinski as their midfield. And then their defenders were Di Lorenzo, Rajamini, Juan, and Rui. And then... um. Milan lined up in a AC Milan lined up in a very the same way they lined up for the first game they lined up with the one three two four one so they have Giroud other as their main attacker then their supporting attackers was Leal Benarcer Diaz and then their midfield was Tonali Krunic and then their defenders was Hernandez Tomuri Cajer Calaviria and their goalkeeper was my my Ganan. So, like, you know, based on the stats, we have Napoli had 23 shots on target. So, they were really looking to, you know, come up. They were really looking for that comeback. And, unfortunately, they were not able to get it. They got eliminated. So, they had 23 shots on target. Milan only had six. They had, f they had 23 shots, and then Milan only had six shots. They had four shots on target, and Milan only had four. They did have more possession of the game. They had 74% possession of the game. That, that is a lot. That's that's almost the entire game. So Milan was really out there struggling, you know. 
They had tw- Milan only had twenty six percent of the game possession of the game. That is really a little bit. So really, unfortunately, they ha- Napoli had six hundred one. Ha- Napoli had six hundred and one passes. Well, Milan only had two hundred and twenty three. So based on these stats, we can tell you know Milan was on the on the defensive the entire time. They were on the defensive the entire time. Napoli wasn't able to capitalize more. But you know we have to give the big three to. Milan, who were able to advance. So, you know, based on these games, the, we'll move on to the semifinal. So, the first semifinal game is going to be played May 9th, which is Real Madrid and Man City. And then Wednesday, May 10th, we have Milan and Inter playing. So, um, based on these games, I kind of predict, you know, the Real Madrid versus Man City game is going to be a really good game. We've seen these two teams come up again, come up together. They played together in the past, and they've always been really good games. We have Real Madrid who beat, I believe they beat Man City in the final last year. So, yeah, they beat Real Madrid. Real Madrid beat City in the final. Let me look for those stats real quick. So yeah, we have. So they beat them in the semifinal of last year. So, I, so you know, it's really we can tell it's gonna be a good game. Based on that, honestly, I'm gonna give my. I'm gonna give City the victory for that game, because even though Real Madrid is a really good game, Man City is the stronger team right now. They are the team to. They are the even we we. It's really a hard game to predict because we can't, we can just, we can't just be. Oh, City's gonna win. We gotta look at the stats and all that. But City, Real Madrid has been playing really well. But City has been playing better, kind of. From my understanding, they're playing a lot better. The difference between this game and the play game they played last year for the semifinal is, I believe, in that City game. See, even though City was playing so well, they really didn't have the attacking power they needed to finalize some of those chances they created. But this time they have Holland, who's a really strong player. So Haaland is the type of player where he he'll create his own chances, and if he needs to go out and he'll he'll score on the chances that people that the team creates. But if he doesn't see those chances getting created, he'll go out and look for the ball and create his own chances. So he um he's someone that you know he's I believe he's gonna give City the win. I really do believe he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna be Real Madrid. The the only thing is that in this game it's gonna be played in Real Madrid's home stadium, so that does give him the upper hand. But we can't count them out. We really can't count them out because even though City is favored, Real Madrid have really a really a strong attacking attacking game. They have Vinicius Junior, they have Asensio, and then they have Karim Benzema. So in the, you we know Karim Benzema is a player who who he will score in every chance you give him, every opportunity he has. He create he tries to score, and most of the time he does score. So that's something City needs to really watch out. And then Benicius Jr. is someone on the, who will create those chances. He's a, he, he's a really fast winger. So City are going to have to cover him really well. Because most of the time, 95% of the plays that are Ramaji scores on are created by him. He's someone that if you leave unguarded, he's going to blow right past you and score. He's really fast. So City needs to... someone City's going to need someone with speed to cover him. So that's my stats on those games. I'm really going to give City the game. 
I believe City. I, I'm City is favored to win the Champions League. I'm really gonna. I'm rooting for them, honestly. City is the better team this year, and I believe they are the ones that are gonna take home the trophy. And then we have Milan versus Inter. This game can either go can either go both ways. Both of these teams have huge rivalry, because one of them is Milan, one of them is Inter Milan. So huge rivalries. Um. Honestly, I think I'm gonna give Milan this win because they have a they have a lot of good players. They won their last game. They weren't struggling. So honestly, I'm gonna give them this victory. I believe they're gonna go out there and make the most of it and capitalize. So that's so based on these predictions, we have Milan going ad advancing to the final against City, and now um, I believe City's gonna take it home. City's gonna take it all the way home, and this would this would be a great victory for them. This would be their first Champions League win. So, you know, really rooting for the boys in blue. Really hoping they take it home and, they, you know, they're able to win. Um, so, based on my predictions, that I think City's going to take it. And, um, so, that's going to be it for the soccer predictions, you guys. Just give me your comments in the below. What you, what you guys think? Do you guys agree? Do you guys agree on City beating Real Madrid? I just want to hear from you guys, you know. I also want to tell you guys to go ahead and follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram is black underscore white underscore and underscore go. So just go ahead and follow us. Because um, once we get to, I believe, we're going to make it easy for you guys. Once we reach 50, 50 followers, we're going to be having a giveaway for you guys. So we don't know what it is. Maybe comment down below or... Um, or send us a message on Instagram what you guys would like to the price to win the price to be, but we can definitely do we can definitely do something you know probably a prize, but we just want to get those numbers up get our viewership up so you guys can just go ahead and like follow and like follow like and follow us on Instagram you know, so thank you guys for the support and that's gonna be it for this week's podcast thank you.